Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me in the studio today is Jessie Campbell, curator for the Man Art Gallery. Jessie received her undergrad at the U of S and did her master's at Utrecht in the Netherlands. And as mentioned now, curates the Man Gallery in Prince Albert. Thanks for joining me, Jessie. Thank you for having me. This is an opportunity for us to catch up a bit about one of our sort of sister galleries that's just a little farther flung here from Saskatoon. If you wouldn't mind maybe just starting by providing a bit of a background to the man and sort of the mandate or programming that you have there. Sure. So broadly, the Man Art Gallery exists to bridge culture and community through excellence in the visual arts, which is not too dissimilar from uh, many other public art galleries' uh, visions. And we base that around our permanent collection and exhibitions and education. So we're very fortunate to have a wonderful permanent collection of 3,000 pieces of art and counting. We're uh, in the midst of processing a rather hefty donation that we received last March. So we think there's going to be more than 3,000 pieces. Uh, But yeah, we also um, have a very strong, although I'm biased, but I think strong exhibition programming schedule. And through all of that, of course, we try to make it accessible and engaging for uh, our community and anyone who comes through Prince Albert. So our gallery has been known as the Man Art Gallery since 2010, but we're actually almost 40 years old. We existed as the Little Gallery back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and then moved to a new and larger building in 2003. We were then known as the Art Gallery of Prince Albert, and then uh, a major donation from the Man family brought on our new name. You mentioned this major donation and one of the possibilities that it has allowed is for you to build that permanent collection because as I understand it does earmark a certain amount towards acquisitions in addition to programming. Indeed. Diane and Roger Mann of their family company Mann Motor Products are really important cultural stewards in our community. So in 2010 they committed to donating $500,000 to the gallery over the course of 10 years and each year we receive 50 grand uh, of that amount and 20,000 of that is earmarked for acquisitions for our permanent collection and that's a rather unique and wonderful thing to have and that's why we do have a permanent collection of more than 3,000 pieces. And is there a focus then on regional works within that or trying to preserve some of the history of the surrounding area? Uh, At the moment, our collecting policy is actually quite broad. It's to collect local, regional, and national historical and contemporary art. So basically almost anything. (laughs) But of course, there's always parts of a permanent collection that uh, one wants to build up. And we are in a a fantastic position of being located uh, very close to Emma Lake and the Kenderdine campus where, of course, a lot of art activity went on. So, I mean, anything historical produced from that is, is wonderful for us to see. But that also means that in the history of collecting for our permanent collection, that can tend to bring up some gaps, maybe in not looking at First Nations and Métis historical and contemporary art. So that's one area that I'm really trying to uh, build up at the moment. And then you'd also talked about this connection to community. And I know from reading some of what came out when you were first hired that there is a real focus on making the gallery 
not just representing the surrounding community, but accessible to those within PA and surrounding area in terms of allowing them or welcoming them into the space. So I'm wondering if you might talk a bit about where the impetus comes from that and how that's reflective in your programming. Yeah, absolutely. In my experience, when you go somewhere and of course taking on a new job for curating, you really do have to look at the characteristic and the particularities of the place where you are. So beyond geographically, what are the locals like how do they regard not only an art gallery but the arts in general and after moving to Prince Albert and I had done an internship there by the way in 2012 and 2013 but after taking a full-time job there in October 2014 and kind of going around the city and, and feeling my way out there I quickly discovered that there were not a lot of people outside, you know, your art circles who knew that there even was an art gallery in Prince Albert. So that was a bit of a a flag for me. But of course, you have to ask why. Well, it's part of the culture, you know, of that place. But um, also beyond that, what is what is preventing people from coming to the gallery? I'm really about making art galleries inviting and accessible places lots of times I do speak with people in Prince Albert who say oh well I don't know anything about art or you know the gallery it's not really a place for me because it's it's a little bit uppity and I really want to remove those barriers that I think sometimes people almost create for themselves in a bit of an innocent way (laughs) if you will so Uh, We make it a focus at the Man Art Gallery to be really welcoming and open and friendly with anyone who comes in, you know, emphasizing that you don't have to have a certain knowledge or background in art to be here. So it's just really just engaging with people, whether I see them at the grocery store or, you know, whether they do kind of wander into the art gallery and making it that kind of open space for them. Well, and then talking about really developing a personal connection yourself with your community and with mm-hmm. the community members. I wonder what the response has been like. Have you had people that have sort of repeated back as a result of? Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit difficult <laughs> to sure. measure. But yeah, there have been new members of the gallery, um, artists who maybe weren't really engaging, you know, 10 years ago or something. And, and we see them at our receptions and events throughout the years. So I think it's been positive so far. It's been about a year and a half since I kind of got into that mode. So hopefully in the next few years, I'll, I'll see more of those repeat visitors. And does this then connect you to the educational programming mm-hmm. that Lana Wilson, one of our Saskatoon people mm-hmm. now up in PA, is running as well then? Yes, and I should say that I'm very happy that Lana Wilson, <laughs> our gallery educator, came to Prince Albert, and so did uh, Emma Anderson. Right. They both moved up from Saskatoon, so... Yay, (laughs) Emma and Lana. Um, Yeah, Lana is a wonderful gallery educator, mostly because she creates a very respectful and safe kind of environment for anyone who comes through the gallery. And people really, of course, work well and respond well to that kind of atmosphere. So our education program is huge. And without a doubt, we wouldn't be able to reach out to so many people and different kinds of groups in Prince Albert without Lana's work. Your programming encompasses everything from then educational programming for schools to also gallery tours for people who are coming in at times or? Unfortunately, we're not quite at the tour um, state just yet. And it sometimes it, it varies throughout 
the year. So of course, when school's in session, well, there's a lot of school groups, but we also do special outreach to seniors' homes, both in Prince Albert and in surrounding um, areas such as Shellbrook. Lana started working with youth residents who are, um, you know, have some committed some kind of offense, but now we're bringing them into the gallery and working with them uh, in art. There's post-secondary students uh, who are coming in to do essays on the place of art in their community, which uh, Lana leads. And yeah, if people want a book, like a tour or something just for general interest, then we do that. But it, it's not as kind of regular, frequent as like the school groups. Sure thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just wondering how that sort of connects to the actual exhibitions that you're running. We always want to bring up the local, of course. There's a lot of great local artists like IPAC, led by Michelle Boutin. Ruth Cuthan was born in Prince Albert, but <laughs> we know that she didn't grow up there. But still, those connections are interesting for locals. So Lana is a great educator, and she's able really to use whatever art we have to connect with people. I wonder then if we can talk a bit about some of the programming that you have coming up. You'd mentioned Mm. IPAC, and I understand that they do usually an annual show with you. Is that right? Yeah, usually uh, in the fall, so September to usually early November, we have a show by IPAC. It might be a group show. It might be by one of their members. So this year is actually their 10-year anniversary, so it'll be a bit of a, a retrospective show in the fall, which will be great to see. And um, for that, we'll be bringing in um, both some artists still in Prince Albert area, but also others who have moved on to other to other regions. So that's one of our mainstay shows. You can pretty much guarantee that every fall you're going to see an IPAC-themed show. And for listeners that may be less familiar with IPAC, mm-hmm. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you might, I, we mentioned Michelle, but <laughs> yeah. talk a bit about that group and the type of work they do and their connection to PA. Yeah, so IPAC stands for Indigenous Peoples Artists Collective, and it was started up by Michelle shortly after he moved to Prince Albert. It is an artist-run collective, and um, a lot of artists have either got their start with it and then maybe uh, moved on or they're affiliated with IPAC in some way. They also do a lot of programming with performance art and we partner with them so you know use of our venue and, and kind of promotional tools and such. So in early June for Pride Week in PA we had a mini film festival showing queer themed uh, films and we had a performance artist come in. So IPAC is a great partner for the Man Art Gallery in, in some of our programming together. And I imagine some of the programming that they're running too is, uh, it challenges some of the community or challenges sometimes existing views within the community yeah, too. Yeah, totally. It, it challenges uh, the status quo <laughs> at times in Prince Albert. I don't think it's any surprise that Prince Albert is fairly conservative and IPAC is there to support people and especially of course people in the fine arts who maybe don't fall into that, you know, typical kind of community. Well, then when you're talking about that welcome to it, it's about extending that welcome to those who might be outside the dominant community too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you need, I mean, we need to support each other, you know, always. And sometimes that's more challenging in, in maybe smaller communities or communities that have certain histories. So we want to use the gallery space and and partner with other organizations in our communities who also hold those similar views. 
And then you'd also talked about the, you have a large program that's coming up in January, which is a, your Winter Fest. Yeah, Winter Festival, Juried Art Show and Sale. <laughs> in 2017, it's going into uh, its 41st year. So it's a really big tradition within our community. And this is a show that is open to anyone who's a member of the Man Art Gallery. And they're invited to submit um, up to two artworks to be shown in this uh, exhibition. We do bring in a guest juror who will curate the show and he'll also, uh, or she, will also designate awards that are sponsored by local guilds or businesses, some in Saskatoon sponsor as well, which we're very grateful for. But it's, I mean, going on 41 years, it has a big reputation and um, it's a great way actually to show a slice of what's going on in Saskatchewan art at the time. I should mention that the works have to have been created within the last two years, so fairly recent pieces. But you do do see a lot of diverse works, which maybe you wouldn't see if you know if you didn't have this kind of of show or space to exhibit everything. So I mean, there's a lot of IPAC artists who are usually in uh, the Winter Festival show um some artists come in from outside of prince albert there's a good group from saskatoon and regina who come up so it's always exciting because you never know what you're going to get and usually there's about 220 pieces in the show every year so it's a big time for us no kidding a lot of work in the install but also in the selection then so yeah absolutely and as you mentioned, somewhat of a larger sort of member show or sort of community mm-hmm. show than some galleries might run. So really trying to not just welcome community members in, but also to represent their work and rep- represent yeah. their voices. Absolutely. Like giving everyone basically a platform to share their work and share their views. And for people who aren't artists submitting to this exhibition, but just coming to see the show, we always get repeat visitors, especially for Winter Festival each year you know, to show them what's going on in other people's worlds and what they're thinking about and what they're sharing through their, you know, preferred medium. So it is a great way to, I think, elevate basically a lot of different voices. And I I'm imagine too then quite a nice response from the community in as much as the work can be accessible and made by those who they know. So Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's a lot of family and friends who come to this show and we love it because that's another great way to bring people into the gallery. Then are there other shows that you'd like to sort of highlight in your upcoming schedule? Yeah, for sure. Um, So beginning on the 27th of July, the summer, we have a show by Grant McConnell. It's called Powerhouse. And this is his new series um, of work. And I'm very proud to say that it's uh, debuting at the Man Art Gallery. Uh, So it has to do with looking at how we regard political authority and what Grant has done is combine kind of familiar and iconic Canadian buildings like the parliament like the legislature like the supreme court building and he's incorporated that with imagery from western art history which I find really interesting because my background is in art history so I'm a bit partial to uh, this show but it really makes you question how the official and iconic Kind of government images have been presented to us and and what that embodies what it tells us about you know our history maybe what's missing that's what the show makes us question 
Great. And that's running for? Uh, yeah, sorry, the 27th of July, and it will run until September 7th. And opening is uh, Thursday, July 28th. Awesome. Mm-hmm. A short drive for those who know Grant here in Saskatoon. Yeah, so. just about an hour, depending how fast you drive <laughs> to BA. <laughs> yeah, and so you'd mentioned that your background's in art history. And then mm-hmm. so I wonder how that's sort of coming through for you or what opportunities you have in terms of bringing that into some of the programming that you're organizing here. Yeah, well, again, it's difficult to take uh, subjectivity, of course, out of your (laughs) exhibition programming. I don't think it's quite possible, but I am partial to um, historical work. So I like to look at the history of Saskatchewan and the Prince Albert region. But as we touched upon with Emma Lake and Kenderdan Campus, maybe what's missing from some of those histories. And I hope to do some shows in the future about how that can uh, be highlighted. My I mean, my background in art history is in Dutch 17th century art. So it's a little bit uh, different from, you know, a lot of what's in the permanent collection. But I I think I can still find, you know, historical kind of connections within our collection, but then also within some of the work that's being produced today and, and highlight that in the gallery. I wonder, though, what that's like moving from, and I know it wasn't a direct move, but mm-hmm. from the Netherlands to, you know, small town Saskatchewan <laughs> yeah. as it was. I, I know Piazza's the third largest centre in Saskatchewan, yeah. but none of our centres are exactly huge, you know. No, so. that's right. Well, I grew up in Saskatoon, so I do have a soft spot in my heart for this city and, and for Saskatchewan. But it was a little bit of a reverse culture shock, uh, you know, spending... Uh, just over two years in Europe and I got to do an internship at a gallery in England and just concentrate solely on research and presentation of that research which was fantastic for an art history degree. Sure. So when I was in uh, Utrecht, a Dutch city, I mean you're just basically surrounded by the history and kind of the imagery that you are studying which I quickly got accustomed to (laughs) so a little bit um, of course of a different culture in Saskatchewan but that's okay what was interesting having done my undergrad at the University of Saskatchewan and then doing my master's abroad um, and I should say that in my master's program there were eight of us students and I was the only North American there were yeah five Dutch Uh, one Polish and one British student and then myself. So we had some very interesting discussions because they had never studied um, Aboriginal art history, for example, or been exposed to contemporary First Nations and Métis art. I wasn't super strong in my Italian Renaissance (laughs) knowledge, despite really cramming the summer before I went to uh, (laughs) try and build that up, knowing what their background was. But it, it brought about, of course, different perspectives that we had on art and on certain values in art and of course what was not being studied there. It's interesting so you're bringing a bit more of that North American indigenous knowledge or knowledge about those artists and mm-hmm. sort of our history here there. What was the response like? It was mostly positive there okay. and curiosity like oh even uh, beyond Saskatchewan basically Aboriginal art there were questions of oh well why don't we study Asian art when we were doing our undergrad degree you know what I was in a Western European country studying but questions came up of you know what is being taught to students these days what's being what kind of trickles down that ivory tower um you know in different levels so yeah it was mostly curiosity that came about from that and i was really pleased of course to see that that it wasn't written off or anything but there's a lot out there that 
is yet unknown to many people. No, I know it can often be a challenge for curators here when they're taking Indigenous works to uh, Europe. That it's oh, yeah, understandably, <laughs> too. But good discussions to have nonetheless. So then yes. bringing that back here, uh, trying to bring some of that knowledge, and because you'd mentioned you're planning to stay with the Man Gallery for yeah. you know a little while at least. <laughs> yeah. But what's it like putting down roots and in a community like PA? I mean, that there's a lot of commitment on your end that goes into that. Yeah, totally. But I, I really like having that long-term vision and luckily with the man family donation in terms of that very practical and necessary funding piece it allows me to plan long term so i'm really happy to have some roots in pa and i I should also say that the community has been totally welcoming i mean of course our gallery members are absolutely (laughs) wonderful and luckily a lot of them have interest in art history so we try to do some actually educational programming like just brief one-hour lectures intro to dutch golden age art intro to impressionism that kind of basic stuff and go out from there but bringing in some educational aspects that wouldn't otherwise be available to the community. Yeah, there's uh, in Prince Albert, I think it's Lana and myself with a background in art history. So, but it's good. I mean, the community has responded really well to it. In spring 2015, we did yeah this brief series of introduction to um, various art historical topics. Um, and I was happy to see that there were new people who came into the gallery who had just seen a poster and said, oh yeah, I like Impressionism, you know, knowing generally Monet or whatnot, uh, and then coming and hearing more about it and, and then being members of the gallery. So these little things that maybe you don't necessarily expect will bring in a ton of people, they still engage some and and yeah, now we have them as part of our regular roster of members. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Starting to build it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, and you've got a team around you that's been there for a while too in, in Lana and mm-hmm. Emma, as you mentioned. So it must be nice having a, a core to work with and the same coworkers to come to work in totally. for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's been uh, just under two years for all of us. So sometimes we still feel new to Prince Albert, but Lana and Emma have a lot of kind of cool insights and ideas about what they would love to see in PA and really actually want to build up more of an artist culture in Prince Albert. I should do a, just a brief little plug uh, for Emma. She actually has a studio space, which is huge. It's like a warehouse. And she would love to get some artists up there and, you know, work in that space together. It could be a really cool process and collaboration. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, ideas to to do new things or different things maybe that aren't in Prince Albert. For example, Emma had a great idea to bring in life drawing sessions. Yeah, so now we've made that a part of our regular education programming. And um, basically from September until probably April next year on Saturdays, we'll have uh, life drawing sessions led by Emma. And, And the response to that so far has also been quite positive. So I love having these kind of fresh ideas and energy coming in through Emma and Lana. Just one other question then, Mm -hmm. I guess, when you were talking about building sort of long term, one of the other projects that recently came to fruition was the Joe Fafard sculpture that you have out front of the gallery, which I understand was a five-year fundraise. (laughs) Yes, long awaited (laughs) and very happily now (laughs) received and installed. Uh, Back in 2011, 
the Man Art Gallery started to fundraise for a commission of a, a major outdoor sculpture by Joe Fafard. And, um, you know, five years is kind of a long time to fundraise, especially when you have volunteers who are committed every year to helping with, um, you know, big events and such and going out in the community and soliciting uh, donations. So we had the wolf installed in May uh, 2016, just over a month ago, and uh, it's been a really great thing for our community. There's not a lot of public art in Prince Albert, but we're actually trying to use the wolf as uh, a jumping off point to form a public art policy in Prince Albert. So trying to extend some of your gallery reach further into the community then? Absolutely. I mean, the wolf is a key work in our permanent collection, (laughs) the latest acquisition in our permanent collection of fulfilling our mission to connect people and art. Um, It's in a really visible location. The gallery, and therefore the wolf, uh, is located at the base of the Second Avenue Bridge, the one and only bridge in PA that goes to the north. So whenever people are coming um, to Prince Albert from outside of the city, and even if they're just passing through, uh, they can see the wolf, they can see a Joe Fafard, and, and thus our gallery. The wolf, I guess, marks your gallery a little bit for people who may not be as familiar then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, especially if you're just driving by fast, you may not notice that, oh, there's an art gallery there. It could be a a very cool point of interest to to stop in and see that. So the wolf certainly helps us out. And what's the community response been like for the wolf? Uh, It's been predominantly positive. I mean, especially from all of our volunteers, hundreds of volunteers who have helped us, you know, over five years they've been so dedicated and we're so grateful for all the time and the energy that they spent in fundraising so they're really excited to see it of course there's always going to be people who say why do you have to spend money on that and lots of people think that the city spent money on the wolf but no it was raised 100 percent by uh by the gallery so yeah overall like again when i just kind of talk to people while I'm getting groceries or, or taking a walk or whatever. They really like the wolf. A lot of people come by and if they're not taking a selfie with the wolf, then they will be petting its nose or examining its paws. And yeah, so far it's actually quite endearing to, to watch. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, I think we'll stop there, Jesse. Sure. Uh, would you like to give a bit of a plug for the website or any other contact information you'd like to provide? Sure, yeah. So um, all of our programming uh, and exhibition schedules can be found at manartgallery.ca and that is man with two n's (laughs) we we try to be active on facebook as well so there's a lot of updates posted there and uh, yeah if anyone ever has any questions then they can contact uh, the gallery our number is 306-763-7080 well thanks jesse and thanks again for joining me today yes thank you very much michael (laughs) This has been Unframed Conversations About the Arts on CFCR 90.5 FM. Same with the men. We try to be active on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're at Unframed Radio there. If you'd like to listen to this episode again or any of our past episodes, you can find our podcasts at unframedradio.com or on iTunes. Thank you and have a good evening.